You're listening to the IFF TV podcast. Football Fan TV, this is the match previews. Myself, Paul Nealon, joined by the one and only Gary Spain. And we're going to preview all the games of the League of Ireland from this weekend. We're going to go with the Premier Division first, and then we're going to go into the First Division then and just give our predictions, maybe our scores, and you just can slag us then in the comments when all of our predictions are completely wrong. But we're going to start off with Finn Harps against St. Pat's. Um, this game's actually, you know, Towards the top end of the table now, Finn Harps has started the season really well. So if uh, St. Pat's, I know uh, Finn Harps' results of late in the last two games have been a bit mixed. Um, funny enough, you would have thought that they would have gone and beaten Longford the other night, but such as Longford, they're such a funny side. Like they go lose four 0 to to draw the one week, and then they go, and then they take on Pat's and or sorry, take on Rovers and give them a good account of themselves, and then they go to Finn Harps and it's nil nil. So it is such a mixed season right now. And Pat's, to be fair to them, they made changes against Waterford, and they look really strong even when they're bringing players in. They were brought in a lot of younger lads there, uh, Ben McCormick and Dara Burns. Dara Burns getting a second start and a second goal of the season. And then you had Ben McCormick who uh, made his first start for St. Pat's as well. So they've made changes, brought in other players and Chris Forrester seems to be really pulling the strings there and he really seems to have found his form again. Uh, from Finn Harp's point of view, um, and I know the results the last couple of games, maybe that's a little bit of a blip, but they'll be looking to bounce back. I don't think they'll be fearing anybody this season, the way they're playing at the moment. And look, they're going to lose a couple of games, especially the way things go with, with the games midweek and stuff like that. It, it's it's a tough kind of running when that happens. But uh, from your own opinion, how do you see this one going, Gary? Yeah, it is It is a tough one. I mean, it's a, it's a third game in, in a week, in, in six days, I think, for... Uh, Pat, so, and the changes will help in that they will have given players just that little bit of a, a breather because it is really tough and COVID isn't helping either. So it's um, it, it can be a tough one to predict. I might sit in the fence a little bit. Both, both teams have made really good starts to the season. First of all, we'll start with that. And I think, it, it, I mean, St. Pat's are joined top and Harps are in fourth place. And I mean, I think if it offered either manager, in Pat's case, 14 points or Ollie Horgan's uh, 11 points, I, I think the, Stephen O'Donnell and Ollie Horgan have got to be delighted. So it is a battle of two informed teams. And I say I'm going to sit in the fence because I think it probably will be a draw. Um, so I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw for this, um, really based on both teams are in good form. Uh, Harps have lost only that one game in Sligo and that was just a defensive mistake that even looked like it was heading for a scoreless draw as well and Pats are unbeaten and uh, so I think both teams will be I, I think Pats would be reasonably happy if they can go to Bally Buffet and get a draw although they might be looking well maybe we need to win to stay in contention uh, at, at the top of the table but for me I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw 
It wouldn't be like you to sit on the fence. Uh, <laughs> I'll go for uh, a Pats win. I, I think Pats will win two one. And I just think they've just they've been really impressive. They've gone and they've won games that last season they probably uh, draw or lose. So they just they seem to have a bit more steel about them this season. I don't know what that's uh, from. I just even looking at their defense the other day. It's a very very good defense. Like Lee Desmond, I think, has been absolutely outstanding for a number of years now, and I think he's actually brought his levels up. Paddy Barrett as well will obviously help them at the back there as well. I think he's been a great boy to come in there and. You know, he's a good leader at the back there for Pats as well. So then you have Ian Birmingham and Shane Griffin. They seem to play in a very interesting formation as well. Like sometimes Shane Griffin will be the fullback tucking in and then sometimes Ian Birmingham will be the centre-back or whatever. So it seems to be getting a bit of, I suppose, longevity out of Ian Birmingham as well in terms of maybe putting him in a central position as a, a centre-back almost. Not always, but at times maybe when they're defending and then when they're attacking he kind of goes down the left or whatever. So it was interesting to see kind of how they play. I just think that they'll be stronger than Finn Haps and just Finn Haps are in a little bit of a dip in form at the minute. I mean I would not be surprised if Finn Harps get a result. I would not be surprised, but I just have a have a feeling that it'll finish 2-1 uh, to Pats. Um, but I think the first goal in the game is key there. I think if, if Finn Harps take the lead... I think Pats will struggle, but I think if Pats take the lead, I think then they'll get a second, and then maybe later on, Finn Harps will get a goal. That's just the way I see it. I could be wrong. Finn Harps fans are probably going mad at me now, but it is what it is. Look, it's only a prediction show. But uh, yeah, look, the Dublin Derby is uh, is also on on Friday night as well, and that's that's kicking off at 7.45, and that's on RTE 2. I'll actually be covering that game in Tallis Stadium. So, um this is going to be a feisty one, obviously, with Rovers and Bowes, it always is. But obviously, there's the added spice of, I suppose, in this case, Danny Mandreo signing from Bowes, having been a key player. Now, I know last season he wasn't much of a key player with COVID and stuff like that, and the way things went that way. But, like, he is in serious form. He's scored two goals, obviously, a really dramatic late winner against Drogheda the other night. And, uh, yeah, he's flying. He seems to be thriving at the moment at Shamrock Rovers. And they're still, in my opinion, not getting out of second gear. I think this could be the game that they do do that. Bowes, on the other hand, are starting to kind of get a little bit of mix of form. They obviously lost against Sligo, but I do think Sligo are going to be quite strong this season anyway. Um, Bowes are still in a kind of, I don't want to say a transitional period, because every club's in a transitional period every season. But they're still trying to, I suppose, get to get to terms with their new squad and stuff like that in terms of their new players and stuff like that so uh, I, I got your prediction and i'll come back to mine so how are you feeling ahead of this okay yeah this is um it's probably a tough a tough one to call they're probably all tough ones to call to be honest at the moment paul yeah i don't know rovers not getting out of second gear but they're certainly they're so far they haven't been the shamrock rovers of last season the the team that dominated the, the league last season that but the one thing I like about this Rover side is they they are scoring late goals and it says a lot about the character of the side. You go go behind so late against Pats and still get an equaliser. To go behind so late in Sligo, still get the equaliser. Uh, Danny Mandreo, as you said, to get that last gasp winner in Drogheda when it I mean it looked odds on it was going to finish nil nil. So 
there is definitely great character in the side, even if they're not firing in all cylinders. Now, remember, they have lost absolutely key players in the likes of Jack Byrne and Aaron McIniff as well. Now, I know they've signed well. They've made some good signings. Uh, 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 Denny Mandreo, as you mentioned, uh, Chris McCann, uh, the likes of Sean Gannon's a great signing, etc. But it's... Um, to me, it just doesn't look like the Shamrock Rovers of last season. Having said that, I mean, Bowes have been very much hot and cold as well. They didn't make such a good start. They'll have been very disappointed to, to lose in Bally Buffet, to lose at home to Pats. Appear to turn it around. Some very good wins. Go, go up to Dundalk and win in Oriel Park. Go down and, and win in the RSC against Waterford. But that defeat against Sligo Rovers on Tuesday night is going to hurt them. And they did make changes. Both teams made changes on Tuesday with a night to this game. Shamrock Rovers got away with it. And I think they got out of jail. They Had that finished nil-nil, I think Stephen Bradley would have been really regretting making the changes because it's still the same points on offer for playing Bowes as it is for playing Drogheda. Uh, Bowes, I think Keith Long is going to have to regret it. And, um because they would have been... Ex I mean, you're right, Sligo have made a very good start to the season. But I think they would have been going to Daily Mount very happy with a point and coming away with a 3-1 win is certainly uh, a real bonus for them. And I, I think just Shamrock Rovers have that just bit more quality. Now, it is a Dublin derby and up to last season, Bowes had a bit of an Indian sign over Rovers and uh, were pulling out wins when they weren't expected to win. But I... I, I think Shamrock Rovers will just be too good on, on Friday night. But a, a derby match, it can be impossible to, to predict. But I'm going to go 2-1 to Rovers. It's not a bad show. Uh, you're not sitting on the fence of this one then, Gary, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think with Rovers, they, they do have quality. But the thing is, that they, like, they've players like Dylan Watts who are coming off the bench and affecting games and win, like helping them win games. I mean, you look at, he came on against Longford last week, the the free kick, he played his part in the free kick. I know he, he took the free kick at the wall or whatever, but he was part of the reason why they won the game. Sean Gallon obviously gets the late goal. Quite a jammy goal, if I'm being honest. And they know that they rode their look, but that's what I mean about them not getting out of second gear. But they have players like Dylan Watts to be able to come on and change the game. I know Dan Mandreo, Graham Burke came off the bench the other night, but Dylan Watts has actually been a regular on the bench for for Shamrock Rovers and you have someone like him who can come off the bench and make a bit of a difference you've got Gary O'Neill the difference for me is Rovers squad you've mentioned there obviously the players that they've brought in and stuff like that McCann and stuff but there's also the fact that they have class players to bring off the bench for when any of the players gets tired or thrown a thing gets tired they have Watts or they have um, Rory Gaffney if Aaron Green gets tired so I just think they have that bit more strength and depth whereas Bowes on the other hand have good players but maybe not the depth in which that Shamrock Rovers have. But then again, I haven't seen much of Bose this season, so I'm actually looking forward to seeing kind of how, how they shape up and stuff like that, because I haven't seen a whole lot of them since they've lost their front three of Grant, um, Twardek and Andrea. I know, look, Twardek went early on, but I still saw I still saw a good chunk of them with Grant and Wright in the team, and they were brilliant. And then they had other players, Dawson, DeVoy, and other these players like that. So the fact is now... The players like Georgie Kelly and stuff there. So, look, again, this game I think will be decided on the first goal. But as well as that, if, if Shamrock Rovers concede an early goal like they did against Longford, I think it'll be f much harder for them to get back into the game against Bowes than it was against Longford, even though Longford defended really, really well. 
and you know they they were sat in a low block and frustrated Shamrock Rovers and some would say that they were unlucky to get a penalty against some Longford in that case but look uh, again like you said I think 2-1 is a fair uh, a fair prediction for, for Shamrock Rovers I think as well so I'm going to go 2-1 same as you and yeah I think it's going to be a feisty fair I just hope look I actually hope it's not 2-1 I hope it's like a 3-all draw or a or 4-3 last gasp winner although look it, 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 it may be played weirdly as well because it's a it's, you know there's no fans as well so we've got to remember that like if you take the fans out of the equation as well it might take a bit of the energy out of the game a bit of the the bite i'd still say to be flying challenges and so on but i just think obviously when the fans are there it makes such a massive difference for this game it's such a it's such a hugely anticipated game it's it's one that everyone has crossed off on their calendar it's one that every media journalist tries to get in for it's one of those games that everyone wants to watch and i'm sure there'll be lots of people watching on rt on friday night as well yeah i mean it, it is a pity it really is that there's no fans and it's when the big games like this come around that it really hurts even more i mean it, this is a game that probably would have sold out tala stadium tomorrow night i mean that's that's the reality and it will be hugely anticipated. I, I'm not so sure about it. it. Won't mean as much. I, I I think the challenges will still be going in just as much. And both managers been, okay. <laughs> both managers will be keenly anticipating this game, and it will certainly mean a lot to to, to get the win um, to to both of them. And it, it'll make a huge difference. It'll really kickstart if there is a winner in this game it's going to mean a lot. And I mean, a lot of previous results will have been forgotten. I mean, I haven't said that Rovers are still top of the league, but they're certainly not firing on all cylinders. Bowes probably would have expected to have a few points more than they have at the moment. So a win in Tala would would, would totally transform that. Um, so I, I think both teams are going to be going for it. It'll make hopefully make for cracking TV viewing. Uh, it's it's really, as I said, though these big big games that we really miss the fans, and it must be hurting the fans of both teams that they, they can't be there. Hopefully, hopefully by the time they next beat, there at least be some fans allowed in the ground. Up to Oriel Park then, and another derby game, Dundalk against Drogheda, and uh, obviously with players like Dane Massey, Ronan Murray signing for Drogheda, this will have another bit of bit of extra spice about it. Uh, Dundalk need to win this game. There's no, there's no ways about it. They need to start winning games. They've obviously let the manager go, or managers, or whatever you want to call them at this rate. Um, Jim McGilton seems to be the one in the hot seat for now. They're obviously looking at different managers and stuff like that for now. But I think he'll be the interim boss until someone's just appointed. Uh, Drogheda on the other side, on the other hand, sorry, are very settled, good squads and experienced players. And do you know what? This just they probably looking at this game and saying, you know what, this could be a game where we could look to turn them over. If ever there was a time to play them type of thing, I think it would be now for Drogheda, you know, to try and get a result about them because they've been so dominant in recent years. So I think I think Drogheda will be looking at this and, and kind of coming into this one with no fear. I think they played earlier in the pre-season. They usually have like a pre-season game or a tournament or something. And I think... They kind of had a good look at each other in that game as well. I think that was Dane Massey's first game for the club as well against uh, Dundalk too. So 
what is your view on this game? How do you see it uh, coming together? And just in general, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, well, I think another game that's a real pity we wouldn't have any fans because I can imagine the crowd that would be, particularly the visiting crowd, Drahadev come up, they, they've made a fantastic start, as you said, and they would be bringing loads of fans up the M1 for this game. And it's another game that probably would have been would have been sold out if fans were being allowed. Maybe the Dundalk fans aren't feeling so good at the moment about their start. Well, I know they're not feeling so good at the moment about their start to the season. But uh, the change of management, or even the fact that the, the the managers have gone, haven't got the new manager, as you said, Jim Magilton's in temporary charge for this. Um, normally, you do see a bit of a bounce when uh, there's a managerial change. And I think Dundalk were just starting to play that bit better. I, I believe they played very well in the Brandywell on Tuesday night, and probably unfortunate not to win that game. They, hit, they took the lead, they hit the bar late on and all that. They had they had chances, probably deserved to win it. And uh, they do have, without doubt, they have the better quality of player in the squad. And I just feel Dundalk are going to click. I, I, they're not going to stay where they are on the league table. I would still, probably the gap is starting to look too big already to challenge, to actually win the title. But I would still expect Dundalk to be well up in the European places um, fairly soon. And I think they're just going to edge this one as well. I think just the quality of player they have, the fact that they're playing at home, but it's going to be a really tough game for them because Drahad have made such a brilliant start. But I'm going to go for another 2-1 to Dundalk um, without a lot of conviction, but I think Dundalk will just edge, edge it. Yeah, I think what you said there is, is correct. They obviously have far better players in terms of his actually look at the personnel in both squads and we've mentioned before on previous shows how Dundalk have actual international players in their team then you've got to look at the likes who've been quality in the league for a number of years Michael Duffy Patrick McElhenney Patrick Huben, David McMillan who scored again the other night um, and obviously uh, Michael Duffy's played his part in that goal uh, but I just I look at Drogheda they managed to look I know they lost in the very like the dying seconds against Shamrock Rovers, but they've been coming out and putting in good performances against a lot of good sides this season. And they probably came away with maybe a narrow loss here or there, but they've also, you know, got a narrow wins as well. You remember the Waterford game as well. So I don't think that uh, draw had a, uh, I, I really expect this to be a tight one. And I think it will be decided by a, a single goal. I'm going to go, I think what you said about Dundalk clicking kind of is true. So I'm going to go for a Dundalk 1-0 win. But I would not be surprised if the scoreline was reversed on the weekend and Drogheda win 1-0. I would not be surprised just at this moment in time. Um, but I think a late Dundalk goal, a 1-0 win, I think that will, I think that will be what happens. And then that might be the thing that turns their season around and that might just be the, the kickstart they need and then start going out and performing like we know that they can, but they just obviously haven't hit their stride at all yet and it's just been a little bit of a bumpy road and now they'll be looking to, to kick on. Again, if you had a set to draw there earlier on the season when you're looking at that game, they'll probably be targeting and saying, oh, we'd probably be looking to get a point out of that game early in the season, not now. Now they'll probably be targeting and saying, we could get a positive result up there a win or a draw at the very least. But uh, yeah, look, it, it'll be interesting to see how that one actually goes. 
But like you, I'm going to go for Dundalk 1-0 win. I know you've gone 2-1, but you've gone for Dundalk win. Uh, then there's two more games in the Premier Division, and it's Waterford against Longford, two teams that I think will be competing. I think this is a bit of a six-pointer already. I think this is a bit of a six-pointer for the bottom of the table. And not to say that in a disrespectful way, I just think having watched, Pat, or sorry, having watched Waterford against Pats the last night, I just feel as though, and I was saying to Kevin Sheedy after the game, just missing a leader. They have just haven't got someone who can uh, keep, keep the lads, the heads together because there's a lot of young players in this squad and when they're not doing something right, they're bickering and arguing amongst each other in the middle of the park. Adam O'Reilly and uh, Timo Sabowale were just arguing constantly throughout the, the game against Water, uh, Pat Steeler and I for Waterford in midfield and you just feel as though if you had a, you know, an older head in there maybe an Oscar Brennan or someone like that who just say to them lads just shut up and get on with it because you're, you're, you're wasting so much energy on fighting with each other that you're not focused on the game as much and uh, I just I just feel as though that's all they're lacking they're putting in good performances and they're not a bad side they're just very young and inexperienced and that's my only worry about them it's just they don't have a leader in the team to just carry them through games and just kind of just keep the level head in games that they're still in games but they feel like they there's just no way back again goals would probably be hard to come by for them but like i was looking at their team the other night of a nice young lad on loan from, i think it's from cardiff weight on the he's a winger little small lads then they have martin john martin up front as well who i thought is very good he just needs a goal and then Around the park, Adam O'Reilly, I think, is a very good player. So they've got good players around the pitch, and they've got they had players obviously rested the other night. They had Josh Collins and a few other players as well, who I think are quite good. So look, I th- I think it's it's just about trying to grind out results until halfway through the season, where they could maybe bring in a couple of experienced players, just just to kind of have even around the dressing room when the, when the morale is low. And then uh, Longford, on the other hand, I think are a really good side and could probably end up winning this one just because they do have those experienced players in amongst the squad they've been playing together for a few years they're a very settled team and they've added players in there too but i just think what uh, longford have gone to teams this season and shown no fear and a lot of fight and i just think that they are probably due a big win soon i know look they they were lucky against shamrock rovers they had been beaten by uh, draw had a four nil, but like they came down, they came back from a two nil scoreline against Bowes, drew that two uh, two out, and they beat Derry as well. So they've came up and shown no fear. So I think they will be looking to probably turn over Waterford. I'd say they'd be looking at that as a game that they think they can win. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a six pointer, as you say. I, I think, in fairness, Longford probably would have expected to be in a relegation battle this season. If anything, maybe even just targeting the, the playoff. Waterford, I think less so. They Waterford are going to be much more disappointed. Well, they're a couple of points behind Longford as well, but they're going to be they're, they're going to be more disappointed with the start of the season. And it does seem to be in a bit more turmoil. So I can see why you're predicting a Longford win in this. One of the big unknowns, it is the third game. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but it's the third game in a week and it is going to take its toll on players as well. And... Uh, I just have a sneaking. I, I'm not even basing this on. I don't know if I'm basing this on logic or anything. I just have a sneaking suspicion Waterford just might sneak this one, and I'm just going more more with my gut because I I see what you're saying about Longford being more organised, a more settled team, and 
I, I think on balance, maybe it would be fantastic if they can go down to the RSC and beat Waterford. It would really, it would open up quite a nice gap as well and really lay down a marker for their battle. But it is a battle for survival. I just have a sneaking suspicion Waterford might sneak this 1-0. And uh, maybe it's just the fact that they were at home, third game of the week. I know it's the same for, for both of them. But uh, I, I don't know. I just, I'm just going to go with Waterford 1-0. I act, I hope I hope Waterford win. I've actually decided that I'm going to support Waterford in the Premier Division for what they did for me the other night. I'm going to start supporting them in the Premier Division, but I just I have to be kind of honest and realistic and also unbiased, as I do with Chels, that I have to look at it and, and give my honest what I actually think will happen. I I actually <laughs> I don't think I've given a prediction yet. Have I score prediction? You seem to edge towards a narrow Longford win. I thought when you were summing up. I didn't. I didn't give a prediction. I, I actually right, think well, this, I, I said it's a six pointer, but I but I didn't give a prediction yeah. of uh, uh, of how. I, I, I do you know what? I think this one could actually end in a draw, which is obviously doesn't really suit either side. I mean, it's another point on the board, but I think Waterford need to win this more than anyone. And yeah, I still think Longford will be the stronger team in this scenario, but. I want Waterford to do it. I'm going to go for a... I will go for the narrow Longford 1-0 win. But I, I hope that Waterford could get something out of it and maybe then keep grinding out results to the mid-season and then hopefully get a, a couple of experienced players in just to help them. And then I think they'll start getting on a bit of a run and then actually you know climbing back up the league. Um, but that's that's just how I feel about it. But yeah, uh, we'll move on to the showgrounds. Did you give a score prediction, actually? I went one nil Waterford, more of a gut feeling than a right. based on. I'm sure. I'm logic. sure Waterford. I'm sure Waterford fans will take that. So yeah, happy days. Um, so I won't be murdered. Um, but anyway, uh, then we'll move to the showgrounds and Sligo against Derry, and yeah, obviously Declan Devine this morning uh, has been uh, sacked by Derry, unfortunately. Um, I don't know if that's the term. Sack, I think it's mu- I think it's mutual consent, is what they said. So parted ways, we'll put, put, or whatever. Parted, <laughs> but say parted ways. Now, look, uh, I hope Declan Devine gets another another job uh, soon. I, as we spoke about this, I think on the the Premier Division show the other day that if results didn't start picking up for Terry, he probably would lose his job. That seems to be the way. It's very early days, and um, we spoke there about Waterford, and um, you know points and stuff like that. Derry is still there, you know, very much in and around there as well right now. But I think Sligo are just on a red hot streak right now and I think they will continue this. They just, for me, I think they've started the season brilliantly. Liam Buckley deserves massive credit for what he's doing down there and or up there, whatever way you want to look at it. But I just, I don't see how Sligo don't win this one at home. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, it's top. I mean, Sligo, Sligo Rovers are joined top with Shamrock Rovers. I think it's alphabetical order as all the Shamrock Rovers are ahead of them on. Same goal scored, everything. Um, and Derry City are bottom. So it's top at home to bottom. And yeah, I, I think all logic would say that Sligo should win. And I do think they will win. Um, but I also just have a sneaking suspicion and what I was saying about the Dundalk one uh, when uh, there is a change of manager and I do feel sorry for Declan Devine because he is one of the nice guys in this league and uh, I'm just sorry it didn't work out because he was just so committed to that club but 
maybe we'll get a bounce, but having said that, just Sligo Rovers are in such good form. They're, they see Liam Buckley is a really settled squad. They're playing really well. And uh, I'm going to go with a Sligo win. I don't think there's going to be a lot of goals in this one. And uh, I think maybe 1-0. I, do, I don't think it's going to be uh, a high-scoring game. But I think Sligo Rovers just should have enough. And I'll go with 1-0 Sligo Rovers. Yeah, I think I think what you're what you're saying is correct, but I I just don't think the uh, a manager will come in that quick to be able to get a bounce. Maybe after this game, just just the timing is a little bit off. But I mean, look, uh, it is what it is. I'm not a football owner, so I don't know what the criteria is for when is a good time and when is a bad time to sack a manager. But yeah, as you said, look, I, I think. A Sligo win is inevitable, but I, look again, nothing in this league shocks me. So look, if Derry pull off a result, fair play to them. But they do need to start picking up points now. And but for, but for me, I just think the way Sligo have started has put themselves in real contention for at least a European place come the end of the season. I don't want to say a title a title charge just yet because uh, like St Pat's and Sligo, they still have a lot to prove to me that they still have the. Uh, the steel to stay up and around Shamrock Rovers. Shamrock Rovers have obviously proven last year and with the FAI Cup final that they can win things. So I believe that they're obviously in the title race, but it's the other two teams, can they keep up? Is, and, and, I, and I want them to because obviously I want the league to be competitive and I want everyone fighting and, and beating each other, which makes it obviously a very competitive league. So I'm going to go with a 2-1 Sligo win. And uh, yeah, I just think they'll continue their, their really good form. Again, this is a bit of a derby game though, isn't it? You know, so again, might go out the window form and all that type of stuff. They might Derry might get right up for it. You never know. So it'll be interesting. Obviously, Sligo played as well against Bowes the other night. Got a good win, but their players may be tired from you know recovery and stuff like that as well. So uh, these are all things that needs to be taken into account. But I'm looking forward. To, obviously, well they have an extra day's recovery because they play on Saturday, but. Let's see how that one, I suppose, plays out. I suppose uh, just then, lastly, we'll fly through the, the first division games and just give our quick predictions because you have to fly out the door. So what we'll do is uh, we will go through Friday's games, which are all live on LOI TV for anyone who doesn't know or anyone who's tuning in from abroad. LOITV.ie will show all the first division games and watch LOI.ie will show all the premier division games. Right, just quick for quick for one set. We're gonna fly through the first division games just to finish off. So, Athlone Wexford, your prediction? Boom, go. I'm gonna go with an Athlone win. They're absolutely flying. They're top of the table, and I'm gonna go three one Athlone. It's funny. I was feeling three one myself. I'm gonna go three one uh, to Athlone myself. Uh, I just think that they've shown well what they could do so far. To see, they've been great, and they've obviously got great players as well. It won't be like the Premier Division where they'll have played a game midweek. They'll be fully fresh from last week after a good win over Bray. And as you say, uh, 3-1 I think is a fair scoreline there. Uh, unfortunately for Wexford fans, we probably won't be popular with them this week. But uh, look, it is what it is. Cabin Teeley, Shelburne, Stradbrook. Yeah, I know you're, you've got a bit of bias in this one. Um I, I fancy, I, I suppose I fancy Shells probably to win the first division title at this stage. And I think just the, the, the extra bit of quality in the players they have, 
they, they should just have enough to edge this one in Stradbrook. Now, Cabo keeps surprising me. They surprised me last season. They made a really good start to this season, uh, winning the first two games, and they were really unfortunate to have the, the Galway game called off, and I think that, that hit them. But I, I just think Shells will edge this one, and I'll go 2-1 Shells. Okay, I'm going to go with 3-1 to Shells. And just because they scored a, a few goals the other night against Cork, I think that will get them going. They needed a couple of goals just to kind of get the momentum going. And I think now I, I, I'd like to see Michael O'Connor get his first goal as well. But they look, Cabin Thiele, again, I've, I've been to a few games over the last... I think the last game they played was two years ago because obviously Shells were promoted. But Shells never had it easy against Cabo and they turned us over a good few times as well. So I would not be surprised if Cabo got a result either. But obviously hoping for a Shells win myself. So I'm going to go 3-1 Shells and away win. Okay, so your team, 3D United against Cork City in the markets field. How are you feeling? Big monster, big monster derby. It's, uh, it's a massive game for both clubs. Treaty, an unbeaten start. It's been unbelievable, and I think all all the fans in Limerick are delighted with the start and very happy with the way team were pl- the team were playing. It was a team that was cobbled together, but they're really well organised, playing for each other. I, I, I think in, in Cork City, the fans are not so happy with the start. They've good win over Cove on opening night, but they've had some very disappointing results since then. Losing to Cabo, losing at home to Athlone, uh, losing to Shells, albeit with the going down to 10 men early in the after half an hour so that would really have affected it um so i think there's there's more pressure in cork city and uh from a treaty perspective i know i'm biased but i think we can just edge this game and i'm going to go one nil treaty well i actually i was watching your interview with mark ludden and what he was saying in the interview was was quite interesting just the fact that you know the the team was basically assembled in 72 hours he said a lot of them are only starting to play 90 minutes and stuff like that a lot of them are only starting to get going he feels like they go up in a few levels and stuff like that so that will be interesting to see over the next kind of couple of weeks i think as you say cork are under serious pressure to get a win and we know how passionate their fan base is as well so they'll you know cork will be feeling the pressure of being where they are I mean, as well as that, they've got good players in amongst the squad there. You know, you've got Stephen Beatty, you've got Garold Morrissey as well. So they don't have players who are bad. Do you know what I mean? We spoke about Waterford needing experienced players. I think Waterford would be doing better if they had players like that in their squad because they're, you know, they've been winners at the club there. They've won major titles with Cork as well. But I think this one, I think for me, a 1 1 draw, it has written on it. I think Treaty would be desperate. To win this game, but the, again, look, I think Cork would be more desperate. For, but for me, I think a one-one draw um, will be the result. I'd be surprised if it finished uh, otherwise. But look, I'm sure you'll be hoping for a win, and I'm sure Aaron and the lads would be hoping for a Cork win. But uh, a draw is what I'm predicting. And then just as two more games, Galway against UCD, which will be a very tight affair, I think, considering the way things have been going this season in Amy DC Park, and. Yeah, Galway have had a very mixed start, whereas UCD are absolutely flying. So I'm going to go for a UCD win, a 2-1 win. Um, just because Galway have been, they look to me at the start of the season like they were going to be a, a real force, but I don't know why the way they've started the season just hasn't been great. And UCD, on the other hand, will be coming in full of confidence, flying in form and free scoring. So I just think a 2-1 win 
for Galway for me. Yeah, UCD, they're really banging in the goals. And Colin Whelan, who, who got a lot of goals from him last season, is is absolutely flying at the moment. And uh, Galway have been a big disappointment for me. They haven't won a game on the pitch yet. Appreciate the, the Cabo game was was not played in the end. Um, I, I have a feeling Galway are, are going going to get it right and, and kickstart. But I, I saw them on last Friday night and I wasn't... I wasn't really impressed. They just don't seem to to be the team that uh, team of last season. I mean, John Caulfield came in last season and totally transformed them. They went on this fantastic winning run, and I was expecting them to really to challenge for the title, if not win the title this season. Now they may yet do that, and they probably won't be far away at the end of the season. Um, but if you got to go on, on current form, UCD free scoring, etc. I just think I, I nearly agree with you. I think two one to UCD. I think they just might edge it, but it would be a major disappointment if uh, if Galway were to lose at home. But I, I'm just going to go with two one UCD as well. All right, and then just the last game of the first division and the last game of the weekend, I suppose you could say, is uh, Cove against Bray in Cove. This is one of those games where I literally have no clue how this one's going to go and be a total guess. But I think Bray need to win this game. They have started slowly. I think they would admit themselves. Uh, Cove on the other hand, mixed start. I know you've been impressed with them because I think you saw them against Treaty and they played um, against Wexford and got the win there last week. So I think Cove are actually coming into this probably as favourites just because the way the form they've been in. Whereas you know I know Bray have lost that own. Um, and they've just, they don't seem to have a centre forward. I know Gary Crown was actually joking with me. He sent me a text saying, do you play up front by any chance? I've been talking to him about something, but yeah, he was just messing. So he, he seems to be just missing that centre forward because they do have good players. They give players who can turn a game on its head, like Brandon Kavanagh playing for them, who loves a wonder goal. It's just uh, it's just a shame that he doesn't play up front, I suppose, because they'd love someone like him. He just, he just has that quality about him. But I will be saying that Cove are probably favourites in this one. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, I'm not sure if, if Cove are favourites. It's I, I suppose they've gone in a, a two-match unbeaten run. I mean, but in the treaty game, the red card after half an hour totally changed the game. Now, Cove will probably fe- feel they should have won the game. I know Stuart Ashton did feel that. But um, that was their first point, got them off the mark. They went down and had a good win in Wexford. Um, they led 2-0 in that game. It seems to be fairly comfortable. I mean, if you go back to the start of the season, I think Bray would have been uh, expected to do a lot better than Cove this season. Uh, as you say, they haven't won a match yet. It's been a bit of a, a mixed bag, really. Uh, a couple of nil-nil draws and then a three-all draw. So it's hard to know what to expect. But I, I, I think Bray will win it. I, I think there's just that bit of... Um, extra quality there probably Brandon Cavanagh as you say is that bit of an X factor and uh, I, I'm going to go 2-0 Bray for this one because I, I fancy them to get their first win as well Okay um, I am going to go with a ooh, what am I going to go with I'm going to go I'm going to go for a 1-0 Bray win I just feel like they need to, to get a, a win in this one and I feel like this is probably the game that they need to do it in. And maybe then they can turn their season around a bit more, maybe go on a bit of a run, because that's what they need to do at this point. And I'm sure they'll be feeling that. Cove, on the other hand, would not surprise me if they won this game. But for me, that's what I'm going with. Uh, so, yeah, 
that'll be all our predictions you'll see them coming up on the screen here in front of us and you can let us know what you think in the comments and you can probably screenshot it and then when they all get wrong this weekend you can make a fool of us and let us know but a uh, huge thanks gary and um huge thanks to everyone watching in the comments as well don't forget to like the video don't forget to subscribe and uh, stay tuned for all our content over the weekend as well we'll speak to you all soon take care and have a lovely weekend cheers guys the iff tv podcast presented by paul nealon like rate and subscribe